Well, let's welcome back Coach Tresky. Coach, other team updates for us. Uh, biggest one, coming off a, a great performance against Eureka. Um, so incredibly proud of our group and just the progress we made and really proud of our staff. We talked last week. This was a, a weird one for me. I was not there, and um, my brother had his wedding, and I wanted to make sure that, you know, for us it's faith, family, football in that order. And so I was at the wedding watching the game on my phone, but um, seeing our guys uh, just come together, uh, seeing our seniors and upperclassmen lead, and um, seeing some of my coaches step up in some unique roles. Really proud of our group and just excited to keep moving forward. Well, another very complete performance by your team out there. So your thoughts on the contest? Yeah, I was, um, was really impressed with, with our defense. You know, we knew going into the game, um, Eureka has a good ground attack and a couple of nice receivers, and so we wanted to make sure we, we did everything we could to contain it, and um, we, we definitely did that. I think we had like 16 tackles for loss. Um, just did a phenomenal job, you know, giving our offense short fields, and then we had a lot of, um, you know, man coverage, a lot of times for one-on-one -on -one opportunities, and those days can go really well, or they can go, uh, you know, a little rough, and, and we hit, hit some big ones at the right time, had a, that block punt was huge. Um, just a lot, a lot of guys stepping up in all three phases. The numbers were impressive for this defense. You talked about the tackles for losses, but seven sacks, three interceptions, a fumble recovery, 48 total points over the last three weeks. You've got to feel very pleased with how this defense is progressing for you. Absolutely, yeah. That was, that was something we talked about in the beginning of the year. We felt our defense was a big strength of ours, um, not only with just you know the, their ability to play, but their leadership, their tenacity, um, and they've been you know kind of a steadying force for our team as our offense has really grown. And um, so proud of those guys. Can't say enough about you know our leaders like Savon, um, Brandon, Kyle, and Carter. Um, and we're seeing just you know a lot, a lot of younger guys step in in those roles as well on that side. Um, it, it's been fun to see the defense play like they are. That, that's the part I'd like to talk to you about. A lot of young guys on this defense still getting a huge amount of snaps for you. So, I mean, you got to think a year or two down the road, you're still going to be dominating with that defense. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I mean, I, I'd like to think so, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. we got a lot of work to do. Um, we got a big test in front of us. and um, yeah, The sky is definitely the limit with that group. Um, we've got a great staff. You know, Coach Donovan leaves the group, and, we have tremendous, um, you know, position coaches along the way in that group as well. So, I mean, I've been I've been really proud of our defense, and and I really believe. I mean, it's the old adage is defense, you know, wins championships. It, that has not changed, no matter how much uh, the game has changed. You still got to play great defense, and and we've been doing that the last few weeks. Bryce had another big week for you. One thing I really liked in watching him this last week, coach, is that. It looked like he was just taking whatever the defense was going to give him. If, if they want, they were going to give up the long pass, he'd take it. But if it was five yards, he was satisfied with that as well. So, talk a little bit about how you feel he's progressing so far. He he is really growing um, as a decision maker. You know, like and I think some of that is just getting comfortable with the offense and his and his teammates. Um, you know, he's new to our program. He came in in camp. For, you know, so there's a lot of a lot of things that he had to learn fast uh, those first few weeks. And you're starting to see him get more and more comfortable with our system. Um, did a phenomenal job, you know, making uh, the right choices, hitting his, his shot plays when they were there. And like you said, he's, he's done, a, I would say the last three or four weeks, he's learned how to not force the big play. I think early on he felt like he had to create a little bit. And, and now you're seeing him um, keep the offense where it needs to be. And 
it's helped that we're, our run game has improved. You know, so I think that takes some of the load off his shoulders. But um, he's just doing a really good job of managing our offense and being a good leader. A group we haven't spent a lot of time talking about this year, but I also feel is really developing well. So talk to us a little bit about how you're satisfied with the receiving core at this point. Yeah, we've seen some, you know, some youth, some new guys in the fold. Um, you know, Trey has always been a phenomenal player for us out there, but, you know, watching the development of, you know, a guy like Emmett, um, who's played with, with Bryce for a very long time. They're, they're very close. Um, guy like Landon Neely, and then obviously we we've got Javi Murillo and, and, and Jamil Gordon, you know Matt Core. We've got we got some guys that are really uh, really growing in their roles, and um, you know the better you get as a unit, the harder it becomes to defend any one person. My my, my goal, I always used to joke, um, you know the 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 Golden State Warriors were like a super team for forever, right? And if you took one guy away, if you took away Steph Curry, you still had to contend with you know Clay Thompson, or you had to contend with with Draymond Green or Kevin Durant. So. That's the same mentality we want to have with our group is if you want to try to take Trey away, you're going to have to deal with Emmett or you're going to have to deal with Landon or you're going to have to deal with, you know, on and on and on down the list. And um, that's been fun to see those guys just step up and make huge plays. Your players of the game. Well, you mentioned uh, the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, Bryce was, was our player of the week and he was a conference player of the week as well. Um, just like you said, Hitting, hitting shots when when they they were there, uh, keeping the team on time. Um, we, you know, we had to, to throw the ball a little bit more because of the amount of man they were playing, and, and he did a great job with that. Um, had a big day for us. We actually had a couple big drops too. I think I think it could have even been a, a bigger day. Um, none of that happens, you know, without having um, you know, just great guys um, giving looks throughout the week, and we we've had some good looks across the board. We we got a freshman linebacker. I want to really give a shout out. He was our scout D player of the week, Michael Grasso, um, out of Wilmot. Kid is is going to be a, a, a phenomenal player. He works so so hard. He's giving us trouble every week. Um, so the sky's the limit for him. Uh, defensively, I, I don't know how you pick one guy. That, like you said, a lot of turnovers and TFLs and stuff. You could have picked multiple players. Um, but I think anytime you can score a touchdown on defense, it's pretty special. And, and, and Xavier Allen's been having a great year. So he was our, our, our defense player of the week. Um, had the pick six, a couple passes defended. Um, just playing more and more confident every week, which has been great. Um, Scout O was Holt Chavez. I feel like we, we come to him every week. He, he just is so versatile. He's such a smart and heady player. Um, so team-oriented. You, you could tell... Holt, I need you to play quarterback. I need you to play offensive tackle. I need you to kick the ball, and he'd do whatever you got to do. And um, he's doing a great job with that unit. We got the block punt. Uh, so Layson was our special teams player of the week. Uh, that was a big one. And then um, Warrior of the Week is a special one. We, we've got a senior on our team that's just always poured himself out um, completely for our team, works his tail off. You don't always hear his name called, but he's a huge part of our culture and a huge part of what we do. And um, had a big had a big touchdown uh, or touchdown saving tackle um, at the end of the game, so it was cool to see it. Nolan Winkler was a, was the warrior of the week for us. You gotta like a week where you could say eight or nine guys could be player of the week. That, that's a, that's yeah, an awesome thing. First one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the the big monster uh, that you take on this week. So your your thoughts on battling Aurora this week? I mean, it's. Uh, Incredibly well-coached team. They don't have a lot of holes. Um, they're good in, in all three phases. You know, it, 
got a phenomenal special teams unit with a, their returner. I think has two or three punt returns for touchdowns. Um, you know, defensively, they returned nine starters from a good unit last year, and they're playing that way. Um, and then offensively, you know, they continue to run the ball well and protect the cue and let them make big big decisions, you know, to, to guys like Trey Madsen and, and the, the rest of that group. So it's it's um, it's going to be a tough matchup. We knew that going into the week. That's been the conversation we've had all week long is, you know, we, we, we're not going to make them any out any more than they are. Everyone knows they're a strong football team. To me, that's where we want to be. We want to be in that conversation. We want to be, you know, having our, our, our team's name said on Selection Sunday. Um, and so this is an opportunity to show, like, hey, where are we at? How, how do we stack up against that caliber of football team? And whatever the score says at the end of the day, you know, obviously you're always competing to, to come out ahead. But whatever the score says, to me, it's going to be just a really good barometer of where our team is at. Yeah, I'm curious, Coach, about facing a team like this because, you know, they score so quickly and it could easily be 14 nothing seven minutes into the game against any team they play, that kind of team. How do you, if you find yourself trailing a little bit early, how do you get your team to go, hey, let's not get caught up in thinking we're going to get blown out or something. Let's focus on right now and ensure we're just playing one play at a time. Yeah, it, it, that's, uh, it's not always easy. It's always easier, I think, said than done. Um, you know, we, I think one thing that helps is, like, that's, that's always our approach. You know, whether you're playing, like, a team like Aurora that's obviously a phenomenal team or, or a team that you've had success in the past against, like, we always want to try to keep our guys grounded in, in controlling what's, what's here and now, right in front of us. Um, you know, football is a game of emotion. I think that's sometimes hard is, um, you can you can start to feel down, you know, if they surge you quick. Um, just like you can fall in the trap of feeling too high and, and, and making some simple mistakes when you're doing well. So um, the message has been all week long, like, just compete. Lay it on the line for your brothers. Take it one play at a time and, and see where it takes you. I, we have a good football team as well, um, and I'm excited to see just, you know, where we're at. I think our offense has the ability to make some plays. We, we like some matchups that we have. I think our defense has been playing well. We liked how we defended the run a year ago against them, and we just can't give up huge chunk plays, like you said. We can't turn the ball over. You got you got to make them earn it. You can't give the game away. Well, let's jump into fan questions over this week. Can we start with Drew? Who says you always seem to know that Bryce Bryce Barbian was going to be a great asset to this offense. What did you see in practice or at other times that made you feel you could be confident in things that we were obviously missing as fans? Um, I think the the biggest thing, it's it's not a physical thing. You know, Bryce obviously has an incredible arm and, and the ability to create and stuff like that, but he's just, Bryce doesn't get rattled. Um, he's very level-headed. You know, it doesn't matter if things are going south. Um, you know, we had a bad series, or even if he made a, a mistake himself, you don't see his demeanor change. You don't see his approach change. Um, he picks up his teammates. He does all the little things that I think make you from being just like a good passer to a good quarterback. A good quarterback is, is more than just your skill set to throw the ball. It's, it's everything else. It's being an extension of our coaching staff, and that was something he showed pretty early. Um, and you're starting to see it play out on game day is, is those things are, are really – um, displaying themselves. I'm proud of him, proud of the growth. I'm excited for him. I'm really proud of that whole QB room, you know, because we've, we've got some, some great players in Trey and, and Nate Griffith, 
Nate Laborde and Chev and all those guys, Coop, like all those guys in that group, they, they really serve each other. Um, but Bryce has definitely led well. We have a couple of questions for you from Jeremiah. The first is, he says, it seems like a team will have a run of four or five great years in the conference and then cycle down after that. Aurora looks like they could be great for 10 or 15 years. What does doing a team like that able to succeed in such a juggernaut and able to help to keep doing things like that? Um, I think there's a handful of things. One, um, I, I, I think their coaching staff does a great job. So, like, they're, they're developing their players and putting them in, in position to be successful. Um, so I want to tip my cap to Don and his staff. I, I would say, um, you know, number two, like, they were a very senior-heavy program. Timing matters. And they were a very senior-heavy program during the COVID um, season. And what that allowed them to do is keep a lot of those players for, for another year. And so typically in a year where they would have lost 10 to 15, you know, starters, those kids came back for another season. Um, and you're seeing this is kind of the last wave of that. They have they are very, very senior heavy. Um, the vast majority of those guys are going to graduate this year. Um, and so that will be an interesting dynamic. I, I really think, you know, they're, they're going to continue to be, be a strong program because of the way they recruit and stuff. But that will be interesting to see is just how they, they um, navigate that. And then, you know, the interesting thing, too, is especially at our level, you don't have scholarships, so you don't have that leveling um, force. At our level, like, kids want to, if I'm paying to play football and go to school, like, I want to go and, and have a chance to be successful. And so you start to see, um, you know, when you're, when you're having success like Aurora is, it attracts kids that help sustain it. And so they're, they're, they're kind of, it's like a, Almost envision, almost visualize like a snowball, right? And as you get more and more momentum, the snowball continues to grow, and before you know it, it's 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 massive. And that's kind of the same thing that you see um, at our at the Division three levels. Once teams start to have, you know, those five to six years of success in a row, it just begins to to gain such strong momentum because it attracts really good players. So, um. Have talked to those guys. Uh, I'll tell you this: like we're we're chasing that. We're chasing the opportunity. You know, our goal: we want to play as many football games as we can. That's that's our goal: is to play as long as possible. And um, we're going to keep you know busting our tail to to be in the conversation with a team like Aurora because they they definitely have set the standard. He'd also like to know: does that hurt recruiting for the rest of the conference when a team looks like they will be good for so long? Um. I think it can, you know, if you're in head-to-head battles with them. Uh, to me, the when you recruit, like, one of the biggest mistakes I think many coaches make is that you try to – they focus on the opponent, right, who who the kids potentially, you know, exploring options with besides you. And it's not about that. To me, like, recruiting is about the individual. Hey, what do you need? What are you looking for? What do you want to be successful um, and reach your goals? And then – who are we? How can we serve you in that way? If I get caught up in, in the battles with Aurora or Norberts or Benedictine, some of those teams, um, I'm, I'm going to miss the mark. And so for us, like, we've really just tried to, to focus on the things that make Wisconsin Lutheran special, the things that make our program special, the, the ways that we're going to help our players grow 
Um, and you know as well as I do, like one of the biggest things to me is that you're not just going to grow as a, as a, a player, a student, or a, you know someone who's a prospective employee. You're going to grow um, in your walk with God here, and that matters to me. Um, and for the guys that choose WLC, that matters to them too. So um, that's that's our focus, and uh, you know I, I trust that God's going to get us where we need to be. Staying with recruiting. Connor would like to know, how is recruiting going now, and do you have any expectation on how many freshmen you expect to have next year? Recruiting's off to a good start. We have um, we have a few guys that, that are planning on joining us at the semester, um, a couple like non-traditional. We have a few guys that did um, some National Guard stuff. We have a couple of transfers that have been talking with us, so that's exciting. Um, anytime you can bring guys in um, in the spring, you know, that those guys have a better chance to to catch on and make an impact, it's, it's always hard coming in, um, in in fall. So that's exciting. Um, you know, as far as numbers are concerned, you know, we, we are looking to retain, you know, we've got a great group here, um, and, and we're going to, we love our seniors, we're going to miss them, but it wasn't a large senior class, so we should be able to return quite a few guys, and um, which means our freshman class doesn't have to be as large. And so that, I think, is, is good for our staff helps us zero in and really find the right guys to, uh, to add to the mix. And, um, you know, we, we feel really strong about where our program's going, and, and we think, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that want to be a part. Todd would like to know, based upon your own personal experiences and where your faith is at now, how would you advise a young man who may have gotten married too young and now finds that his marriage is not working for either him or his wife? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I I can't speak to that situation. What I can I'll I'll share something that I, that my wife and I learned from ours. Um, one of the hardest things that we both experienced in the beginning of our marriage was we loved each other very much, but we had to learn how to die to our singleness and our single-mindedness. Um, you know, we got married a little bit later in life, but I think the challenge is the same even when you get married young. Um, when you're married, you know, marriage is one of the greatest blessings that God can give us, but it is not an easy, easy task. You have to learn to die to yourself. You have to learn to put your spouse ahead of your own needs. And um, until those, each spouse is willing to do that, you, you're going to find that there's going to be this tension and there's going to be um, a lack of contentment. And I, I think um, what you see in relationships a lot right now is, is the world wants us to believe that relationships are transactional, where I, I put something in to get something in return. But what God teaches us by his own love and, and what he asks of us in our other relationships is that, no, like, like relationships are meant to give of yourself regardless of um, what you get in return. It's that unconditional love, that agape love, that, that, that John fifteen thirteen love. And um, once my wife and I began to do that more consistently, we began to enjoy our marriage more and more. And, and we're still growing and learning. Uh, we're, not, we're never there. I don't think you're ever there, right? You never arrive. Um, but we found that that was, was really instrumental. We found that being in prayer with one another and, and having those honest conversations, uh, being grace-filled with each other, you know, there's going to be times where your spouse may frustrate you, and you've got to remember you're doing the same thing. 
So being willing to extend grace and not waiting for your, your partner to do that, your spouse to do that, but being the one that maybe looks to extend grace first, all those things I think help in a marriage. I can't, I can't speak to that person's marriage in particular. I don't want to get into those de- details, but I will say like the, the word tells us what God, is, what God has brought together, let no man separate. And so you've got to fight for your marriage as much as you can. And I think once you, once you do that, you'll find um, it becomes much more rewarding. And, and it probably what you're looking for out of your marriage, um, you'll probably start to see it. That is an amazing answer. Absolutely amazing. Mary would like to know, what do you think is the primary reason why a student is likely to fail at college? Ooh, man. I think, I think one of the hardest, um, challenges for a, a student when they first get to school is is learning how to manage um, manage their time, um, stay organized, and also I, I think it's it's a sometimes it's an issue of motivation. Some students go to college feeling like that's the move they they're supposed to make, um, and when they lose their support structure, you know, if their parents that, or their coaches at, at home were always on them um, to be where they need to be and do what they need to do, now, now when it's, it's internal, when it's their choice, I think that's a, a really um, a big transition that we've seen students struggle with. And so oftentimes the, the number one thing that we try to address with our, our freshmen is, listen, like, let's talk about how you use your day. How are you managing the time in between your classes? How are you managing the time between practice? What are you doing in the evenings? Like, once you start to see, like, where you're spending your time, I think that helps a lot. Um, but even then, it just comes back to, like, you have to remember your why. Why, why am I here? You know, if it's, if it's only football, that's going to be tough because football is going to be a roller coaster. But if you're, if you're going to school because you want to grow, you want to transform your future, you want to make an impact on other people, uh, when it gets hard, because it will, that's, that's going to be what fuels you. And then if you're in the right place, you're going to have people that are going to help you along, along the way. I have two questions for you based upon one of your answers from last week. Uh, the first sure. one is from Ted, who would like to know, is there any Halloween tradition that you still celebrate? Uh, no, <laughs> no, honestly, yeah, we don't, um, we, we don't do like the trick-or-treating thing, um, no dress-ups, none of that stuff, so no, we're, 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 when it comes to Halloween, man, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the guy for you, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Miles would like to know, since you don't celebrate ha- Halloween because it doesn't glorify God, does that also mean that you do not talk about the idea of Santa Claus? Yeah. Uh, yes, that's correct. I don't. And that's honestly, when I look back at parenting and some people might look at this as extreme, but this is just me. That's something I, I, re- I regret doing with my, my oldest son was, was the Santa Claus um, tradition. And it was something that we did when I was a kid. Um, you know, on one hand, it's, I think it's special, you know, that you're celebrating Christmas, there's, you know, gifts and family time and those things. But I look back on it and I'm like, man, like what a wasted opportunity where, where I could have given those same gifts out of the same spirit of, of wanting to show love to my son, but say, hey, listen, like we're doing this because we're celebrating the gift of Jesus in our lives. And so we give gifts as an act of remembrance and as an act of celebration. And instead, you know, we give glory to 
you know, a fictional character. Um, that that's how I, I look at it now. Um, you know, and I wish I had seen that when I was, you know, in my early twenties. Next up, we have Charles, who would like to know, including yourself, who do you think is the smartest coach on your staff, and why? Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to pick myself. You know, I've got a great staff. Um, you know, Coach Donovan is very, very astute. Um, does a great job with game plans. Um, Coach Foss is just an incredible technician. You know, he's coached the old line position for for a long time now, and, and he knows a lot of the small details. Um, you know, I, I think Coach Smith. Uh, Coach Smith is is one of our senior. You know, kind of he's been around on the program for for many years now. He's awesome with game situations and game flow. Um, he's, he's definitely like the analytics guy. He's coming to me with different things that he sees, especially when it comes to like special teams, time management, that kind of stuff. Um, he just, he really understands game flow well. Um, you know, we've got, dude, I, our, our staff is unreal. Like Coach Slavens, Coach Napoleon, Coach um, Velasco, those guys are, are technicians, understand their position like the back of their hand. And then I've got guys like Coach Adamovich and Coach Parbs that um, understand X's and O's, understand how to motivate guys. Um, so, yeah, I, it's so hard to pick any one. I've got such a great staff. And um, a wise coach once told me is you don't have to, you don't have, to have all the answers. You just got to hire good people. You got to hire smart people. And, and I have a great staff, and I'm, I'm thankful. Um, I don't know how many staffs, honestly, that could have done what we did last week where you know, I was gone. I called the offense and the head coach, the whole deal, and, and we didn't skip a beat. Those guys killed it. So I'm thankful for those guys. And on that great note, your words of wisdom for the week. Words of wisdom. Well, you mentioned it. We're playing a, a big, a big time opponent. And uh, you know, when I when I think about Aurora, um, you know, the message we had to our team, and I think this goes for anyone in their life. If you've got, you know, some some uh, adversity that you're you're looking to overcome. Look back to the story of, of, of Moses sending out the spies. And the context of the story was real simple. God had delivered his, his people, and he was preparing them for his promised land, right? And so Moses sends his people out. He's got 12 spies. They all come back, and they're like, yep, it's what he promised. It's exactly where we want to be. But 10 of them are like, there's no way we'll ever get there. It's too hard. The, there's there's giants in the land. There's there's no way we have um, what we need to be successful and, and to to really fulfill what God said He promises. They even say they'd rather go back to bondage. They'd rather go back to their comfort zone. And there's two there's two in the group, uh, Caleb and Joshua, that they say no. God made a promise and He's He's given us everything we need. We can take it. Let's do it. And they go all in. And unfortunately, you know, the, the lesson of the story is those are the only two that actually got to see the promised land. The rest um, got exactly what they believed they could get. And I think it's such a big lesson, you know, not only for this week, you're playing Aurora, and it can feel like you're facing giants in some ways. But I think even just in life, um, so often our, our expectations uh, become self-fulfilling prophecies. And if God says he's, if he's got a promise for you, he's going to keep it. Um, it's on us to hold fast to that promise and be willing to go through the hard moments, knowing that God's going to give you every tool you need to get there. And so that's that's our, our lesson for this week, and I'm excited to see our guys take it to heart on Saturday. That's a fantastic lesson. Coach, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it.